28 verse 6 and 7 we had done only two i will do a small recap of that so that you understand what it is the verse says that this world has been created by an ultimate controller now the ultimate controller is himself also created so these are two contradictory sentences so i had explained them to you in a manner that in your mind you think of an object let us say you think of a rose now when you think of a rose you think of the color of the rose and the smell and various other things is the rose real the rose is not real then you ask the second question is the mind real nobody knows where the mind is so the comparison was if mind god the equation is like that and the created object then it gives us an understanding of how it is this entire world is a creation of maya and because of maya everything is unreal whatever you see hear touch feel express even whatever words that you speak are unreal they all are in the domain of maya only unreal so we had stopped over here because we had continued up to a point where everything is ruled by the three gunas right today we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 11 Part 2 Chapter 28 Verse 8 from the chapter Jnana Yoga. One who has properly understood the process of becoming firmly fixed in theoretical and realized knowledge as described herein by me does not indulge in material criticism or praise. Just like the sun, he wanders freely throughout this world. So we are talking about a sage. A sage who is balanced in the knowledge of the material on one side and on the spiritual knowledge on one side. A sage who is balanced with both these knowledges, what does he do? He doesn't take any side. He is neutral throughout. He doesn't say that this world is unreal or that is real, this is not true, that is true. He doesn't say any of those things. He doesn't indulge in any kind of criticism. Criticism is done by people or if you see in the newspapers are criticizing so many things, you know. They have a biased opinion. Now, in the state of Karnataka, there are three political parties. There is a BJP, there is a Congress I and there is a Jantadal. Everybody has ideologies. Everybody is right from their own point of view. What side would you like to take? It all depends on you. On one side, in America, you have the Democrats and on the other side, you have the Republicans. The Republicans have their point of view. The Democrats have their point of view. Who is right? The Democrats are right from their point of view. Republicans are right from their point of view. Can one agree with the other? No, because everybody will stick to their point of view. So, who is right and who is wrong? Can you say that? It is a relative perspective. Everything is a relative perspective. Correct? You know the story of daughter-in-law and mother-in-laws. Who is right? Is the daughter-in-law right? Or is the mother-in-law right? The daughter-in-law is right from her perspective. The mother-in-law is right from her perspective. So, both of them are right from their individual perspectives. Nobody is wrong. But what is the basis? The world 
and everything in it is unreal. Remember this. Don't ever forget this sentence. This whole world is unreal. Everything is unreal. So can one falsehood justify a truth somewhere? No. Whatever the falsehood says is always going to be false. Logically also if you think about it. Just imagine a unicorn is telling me you are right. Can it happen? No. Because the unicorn itself is false. Understood? So, the sage doesn't open his mouth and he is always going to say, if he opens his mouth, he will say, only God is real, rest this entire thing in this world is false. Now, if the sage has to live in the material world, what will he do? If the sage has to live in the material world, the terms that he has to use are connected to Satvaguna, which is truthfulness, purity, goodness, kindness, compassion, love. These are the only words that he can say. The rest of the words he is not allowed. So, if you are in spiritual and if you see two parties are fighting, can you take a side? No. Do you think Krishna took sides? He was only a driver. <laughs> and a driver is not supposed to take sides, isn't it? He is only supposed, what does he tell Arjuna? Just tell me where I am supposed to drive your chariot, I will take it over there. Right? And like a normal person, he behaves. But he is the sagest, the wisest of all. When he is asked an opinion, he says, this is my point of view. The entire Bhagavad Gita is like this. Huh? By the way, I will tell you, the whole Bhagavad Gita is based on this premise. Some wise men say, you know, he always talks like this. This language is what he says. Some wise men say that this is the right thing. But other wise men say that is the right thing. Then the third party says that is the right thing. But if you ask my opinion, then he says some words. And finally, he says, take it or leave it. And in the end, you know, the end is the most dynamic one. People forget the end. The end is like this. If you do not do what I am telling you to do, I am kindly requesting you to do. <laughs> if you don't do, my entire universe will make it happen the way it is supposed to happen. And then you will come under a karmic loop. So why not do it? So simple. See, the understanding has to be like this, that you listen and you do. Period. The more you try to raise questions, the more you try to think, you know, why this way, that way and all that, it's going to cause problems. So here Krishna is being very, you know, diplomatic and he says, you see, one who has properly understood the process of becoming firmly fixed in theoretical and realized knowledge. Theoretical knowledge is all this knowledge which is there around in this world. Okay. Theoretical knowledge. Now, in theoretical knowledge, everything is theory. Now, why is it only a theory? Have you seen the theory of a black hole? In the last 40 years, black hole has changed from black to white to yellow to purple to green to God knows what. Sometimes it's a hole and sometimes it's something else. A black hole is never a black hole till you actually go inside the black hole, isn't it? Anybody can come up with whatever theory they want. 
What is the truth? Nobody knows the truth. Only Krishna knows the truth. Isn't it? So why bother so much about it? Only God knows the truth. The, the, the meaning is like that. Only Krishna knows the truth. So let us come to, <laughs> come to this understanding. I will tell you a story. Many years ago, I was seeing it yesterday. That's why I am telling you. Huh? Many years ago, there was this great scientist called Mr. Halley. Now who is Mr. Halley? Halley's comets you have heard of. No? Halley comets. It goes like that. Yes. Now before Halley, there was another person called Robert Hooke. You know Hook, not Captain Hook. Hook. You have heard of the law of elasticity, Hook's law. Uh, most of you will be blank because even if you have learnt it in school and in college, na, what is Hook's law? Don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's called the law of elasticity. So, Mr. Hook was dead against this young boy of 18 years, 16 to 18 years. Whatever the boy said, he rejected it because Mr. Hook was a great scientist. Hmm? It's an interesting story that I saw yesterday. So, I'll tell you. So, Mr. Hook, what he does is, this young boy comes to Cambridge University and tells him, Sir, I have this thing. This is a this is new thing that I have invented. Uh, please, listen to it. And Mr. Hook says, it's all wrong. I have said so. My law is correct and I am saying it so. So, this young boy gets thoroughly disappointed and shuts himself for 10 years in Cambridge University. Okay. Meanwhile, I told you about Halle. Mr. Halle is having a discussion with Mr. Hook and another person. They have come to an understanding of something and they are stumped at a particular point. So, he says the only answer, Hook, the person who can give this proper answer is there is one guy. He is in this university. I will go and meet him. So, he goes to meet this young man. His name is Newton. You know Newton? <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. So, Mr. Halle goes to meet Mr. Newton and asks him a few things. Newton refuses to answer him that much. Why? His hand was already burnt. Remember Mr. Hook threw him out? So, <laughs> but somehow Halle induces Newton to write Principia, the big huge volume that you can see, you know, the laws of Newton and all that kind of stuff. Very good. So, Mr. Newton writes that big book and gives it to him. He says, I will get it published. So, he goes to the university to publish it. The university says, we are very sorry, we don't have the money because we invested it in another book called something like fish or something. And there are piles of that book lying in the university and nobody is buying them. So they pay Mr. Halle in books and say, here, this is your fee. <laughs> These are the old books, take them. And then with that, you can print this man's book. And that is how the books got printed. And Newton became very famous. Newton became very famous. Now, Mr. Hook was there. He thought his theory is right. Mr. Newton came. He said his theory is right. Tomorrow you will come and you will come with another theory. I will have to accept it and I will have to publish your book also. Day after tomorrow, your great, great, great grandchildren will come up with some story and they will say this is right. Now do you understand? In the material world, everything keeps on changing. Huh? The fishes come on land 
and the land creatures start flying. What is right in that? Nothing is right. But everything is right from its own perspective. The fishes are there in the sea. Very good. On the land, land animals. On the air, in the air, birds and all. Correct? How can the animals become birds? And how can the fish become birds? It's a little bit difficult to understand. So, somebody came up with the theory of evolution. Is the theory of evolution true? Of course, it is true from the science point of view. Of course, it is true from Charles Darwin's point of view. And of course, it is true from your point of view. What is my point of view? Don't forget the main line. The whole world is a illusion. This, only this line, this whole universe, the entire creation is but an illusion, is the only thing which is called the truth. Everything else is false. Even if you come up with a billion theories, even if you give me a proof of the pudding, it is still false. Now, a sage is talking like this. Do you think in the outer world he will go and say these words? No. <laughs> now, do you understand the problem that he faces? He is between the devil and the deep sea. You understand? <laughs> he doesn't know which side to take. Because if he goes and opens his mouth in the world and he says, everything is unreal, everything is unreal, everything is fake. You think they will let him live? <laughs> so, the best thing for him to do is, shut up, don't talk. <laughs> now, on the other side is the realized knowledge. What is the realized knowledge? There is only one truth. The rest everything is unreal. This is the realized knowledge. The day you understand this knowledge, everything in this world is unreal. I will tell you a beautiful story. Again, one more. <laughs> you know, they have the vows in the wedding ceremony. Till death do us part and all that. Okay, all that you have heard of, right? And they talk of unconditional love. Unconditional love. And the wife and the husband say, I have 100% faith in you. Faith and trust are very important words in a marriage, they say, right? And love, faith, trust, all these are very good words to say. Unconditional love, fantastic word. If there is unconditional love, can any questions be raised? No. If the husband comes late, can the wife ask this question? Where were you? What were you doing? Why are you late? He cannot say anything. Can she ask this question? No. And the husband, can he answer? I was out with my secretary. Can he answer this question like this? And can the wife have unconditional love at that point in time? No way! <laughs> so, where is the question of trust, faith, unconditional love in any relationship in this world? You think about it. Can any relationship be based on these words, faith, trust, unconditional love? Not a single relationship you can say is based on that. Because it doesn't work. There is no such thing as unconditional love in this world. This is called theoretical knowledge. What is realized knowledge? There is only one unconditional love. We have the love for our Lord and the Lord's love for us. God's love. You say, why? I can't see him. 
You see, you can only refute with a person if the person is there in front of you. Isn't it true? Huh? Okay, you think about it. Your grandfather, who is dead and gone many years ago, can you refute something? You can't, you are just talking to a dead wall, no? You see, it's a one-sided story. If the other person is not there in front, how can you think that other thing is true or this is false? Can you say that? No. Nobody can say what is the truth. Did you get the point? So, you always require two, isn't it in the material world? Who is right? Who is wrong? Everybody is right from their perspective. Remember this always. The husband is right from his perspective. The wife is right from her perspective. Who is wrong? Both of them are wrong. My perspective is his perspective. My perspective is not their perspective. So, a wise man doesn't take sides. You know, if there is a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend fighting, can you take sides? You can't take sides, no? Unfortunately, in this world, it is like that. So, this is the truth about realized knowledge. This knowledge is a realized knowledge which you need to understand. The only truth is God's truth. Nobody else, nothing in this world is true otherwise. See the verse once again. One who has properly understood the process of becoming firmly fixed. That means nothing should change your perspective. Nothing in this world should change your perspective. What is the perspective? Theoretical knowledge. The entire world is unreal. It is only theoretical in nature. It exists only for a moment in time. The moment can be a million years. Okay. Somebody who lives for a billion years, for him one million is a moment, no? So, suppose I have a, an imaginary God, you know, not the capital G, small g. He lives for 10 billion years. One million years is for him a moment, isn't it? Just like for you a moment will be one second. Eh? Because you may live for 70, 80, 90 or 100 years. What is a moment for an ant? What is a moment for a mosquito? The poor mosquito lives for only 24 hours. Can you imagine born to death? You know, from birth to death is only 24 hours. And in the 24 hours, one second means big time for him. Isn't it? Our one second. Can you imagine this kind of a nonsense? That is unreal. Even that one second which you think is one second is unreal. Because whose perspective is this? Your perspective. Tomorrow if you go and live on a planet which is like a Saturn or a Pluto or some such planet, you know, I don't know, some planet. What is your second worth? No, no. If your entire day gets over in 8 hours, what is what are you going to do? That means from morning to night is only 8 hours. Can you imagine that? One whole day is only 8 hours. So, when will you get up? When will you go to work? When will you come back? And when will you go to sleep? <laughs> so, there is a problem there. So, did you understand? All these are unreal statements. Everything that I said is unreal. Because it is mosquito's perspective, human's perspective, Plato perspective, Neptune perspective, Earth perspective. Everybody has their perspective. And a wise man allows every foolish man to have his perspective. Did you get the answer? A wise man allows every foolish man to have his perspective. But he doesn't get involved in it. So, if you are a wise human being, don't get involved. Got it? 
and realize knowledge as described herein by me. Krishna is saying this is the knowledge I have described. Okay. Tomorrow don't tell me you know that when I have said these words, even that created God, you remember in the last uh, paragraph where he said ultimate controller, he is also unreal. He said these words, isn't it? Who is saying this? Krishna is saying these words. Krishna is saying even that ultimate God that I told you about is unreal. Got the answer? So, he does not indulge in material criticism or praise. Just like the sun, he wanders freely throughout this world. So, just wander around. Ah, first you gather money and then you wander around. Okay? Otherwise, you will have, you will have to pay for visa. All the <laughs> so, so, I hope you understood this verse very clearly. Okay? Become wise. Don't bother about other people's opinion because all the opinions are their personal opinions and they are entitled for their personal opinion because they are all foolish people. Got it? One mad person thinks the whole world is mad, isn't it? So you become that one mad person. Consider the whole world is mad and you can count the stars like this during daytime also. Okay, it doesn't matter. So that is Nyan Yoga for you. Now, we are moving to verse number 10, which is an important verse. Let us see what it says. By direct perception, logical deduction, scriptural testimony and personal realization, one should know that this world has a beginning and an end and so is not the ultimate reality. Thus, one should live in the world without attachments. Four things. First, by direct perception. Perception happens through the organs of perception. What are the organs? Six, right? Eyes, ears and all that. I am sure you know that. And five more. What are the five more? The organs of action. There are five more. So, total eleven in all, isn't it? So, with these eleven things, right? You can actually perceive the world. The moment you have a perception about a thing, should you be judgmental? No, never be judgmental. You can perceive things and keep it to yourself. Then you do logical deductions. Can you deduce? You know what is a logical deduction? If I am sitting over here and I can smell something burning, do I? can I say that the gas is on in the kitchen? And... I might have left the milk on, it is getting burnt or something is getting burnt. I can definitely say that, no? So, did I use my perception? Of course. Did I use my logic? Of course. So, all the scientists, what do they do? They perceive and they use logic. How is the logic? The earth goes around the sun. So, it was the logic which gave them that answer. Okay. Somebody somewhere told them that. Now, second one was logical deduction. Third one is called scriptural testimony. And now, this is a very dangerous subject. Why is it dangerous subject? Scriptures are extremely dangerous because interpretations can be wrong. For 10 whole years, Mr. Thomas Alva Edison uh, I'm sorry, not Thomas Alva Edison. I took another name. 
सर आइजैक न्यूटन सैट विद द बाइबल ही सैट विद द क्रिस्टियन बाइबल एंड ही ट्राइड टू डिसाइफर एवरी वर्ड फ्रॉम इट एवरी वर्ड ही टुक इंक्लूडिंग दी यू नो कॉमास एंड दिस एंड वॉट एवर इज देयर ही हेज टेकन फ्रॉम दैट फॉर टेन होल इयर्स he tried to decipher the bible he couldn't do it nobody can do it i can guarantee you this much is the same as the bhagavad gita decipher that and tell me you can only take literal meaning out of it you know what is a literal meaning literal meaning is direct perception logical deduction but what is the codex nobody understands the codex till you have the key to the codex who is the key or what is the key yes the key is called guru you understand the guru is the key so to explain the bible or any other text you need the key and sir isaac newton did not have the key so even if you sit for the next 100 years or 500 years or a million years nobody can decipher the truth there because you need to understand it from the codex point of view got it now you need scriptural testimony what is a scriptural testimony a scriptural testimony means what is written in the scriptures got it do you understand what is written in the scriptures should i take it the way it is written answer is krishna says so scriptural testimony go by it can i question it no why i will give you the answer it is based on scriptures divine knowledge there is a religion founded in india that religion is called sikhism 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 is very much there in canada also there are lots of sikhs you have seen the people with the turban long beard turban and all yes they are called sikhs the founder of that religion was guru nanak now guru nanak is called the first guru of sikhism there were many other gurus up to guru gobind last one whatever that they said has been written down in a book in a book that book is called guru granth sahib it's called guru granth sahib means granth means a book sahib means godly okay divine big boss got it whatever is written in the book is the absolute truth whatever came from the mouth of the guru is called guru vani the words of the guru an entire religion is based on this the entire community which is called sikhism is based on this one book only if you go to the golden temple in amritsar the book is over there please go and pray to it if you can now does the third word over here say that scriptural testimony somebody has written the script who is that somebody some divine being has written the script are we supposed to take it as the truth absolutely don't even doubt it so the third thing is scriptural testimony fourth personal realization 
पर्सनल रियलाइजेशन मीन्स यू हैव मल्ड ओवर द सब्जेक्ट फॉर एन नंबर ऑफ इयर्स यू हैव गॉन थ्रू द फर्स्ट सेकेंड एंड द थर्ड स्टेप एंड यू हैव अराइव एट अंडरस्टैंडिंग एंड यू हैव रियलाइज द ट्रूथ सो डायरेक्ट परसेप्शन फर्स्ट वन यू कैन सी हियर टच फील डू वट एवर दैट इज रिक्वायर्ड बट With direct perception, you have to use logical deduction. Logical deduction is extremely important. How many of you watch Sherlock Holmes? Logical deductions is what Sherlock Holmes talks about. And if you don't understand, go watch Sherlock Holmes. Not the new one. Okay, the new one is I don't know what it is. The old one, the old Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Watson, you know the old fellow. So based on logical deductions, his logic is absolutely clear. He say tuck 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 tuck. These are the things that is going to happen. Now we come back to Mr. Halle. You know Halle. The only thing that we remember about him, poor fellow, is the Halle's comet. You know Halle is known only for Halle's comet, but this man is an epitome of science. Actually, <laughs> he has given so many discoveries. You don't even know where to start from. Okay, but unfortunately, he is only known for one thing that is called Halle's comet. Mr Halley studied the comet and he arrived at a conclusion and he said exactly on which time and date and all year the the comet will appear and it appeared and proper deduction with proper logical deduction he said every 75 years the halley's comet will pass the last time it passed the earth was in 1986 the next 75 years please do the addition don't ask me <laughs> so this is how it is logical deduction did you get the understanding logical deduction third one is called scriptural testimony now this is a bone of contention for a lot of people the reason is because see i have given you the reasoning also is because they go by literal translations translations done by shallow people who have absolutely no knowledge right it is not the codex with a you know the key that you think of you know when uh, hitler and during all those world war you had a lot of secret messages being sent and there was a decoder key and that key was like you know script you script this that so many other things this is not that key no the guru is a realized being okay <laughs> we are talking about him as the key not a uh, deductible key so you cannot put it through some computer and say okay now you give me the answer okay artificial intelligence this that all those things and run out uh, sheets of information no nothing like that no there is no such thing scriptural testimony can only be told to you by the person who has the key right so please remember this who has the key the person who has reached the fourth state personal realization somebody who is a realized person only he has the third one which is called scriptural testimony he can give no scientist and no other person in this world can give they are all mundane people all right so i hope you understood so krishna also says this i have to believe krishna no and you have to believe krishna because only krishna knows the truth so let us believe in him 
So one should know that this world has a beginning and an end and so is not an ultimate reality. Based on this statement, we have to understand everything in the world is unreal. Everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. So now I am going to ask you a question. Science has laws. Newton's laws are very famous. So gravitational pull and all that kind of stuff. Based on this line, tell me, one should know that this world has a beginning and an end and so is not the ultimate reality. Can I say that Newton's laws are real? No. They are based on individual perception. Did I not? In the previous verse, I told you it is individual point of view and that individual is right from his perspective and his point of view. Somebody who might be staying on another, you know, planetary system in a, in a galaxy far, far away in Andromeda or some such thing, you know, there is some kind of a earthly being with maybe 25 noses and 100 years and all that. I don't know, maybe there might be such a type of creature. Can you believe in, in the laws over here? No, he will say those laws are for earth. That is your individual perception. You come to my planet and see. Your laws are not valid over here. My laws are correct. Who is right? Both of them are right from their perspective. So, did you understand? This is only a temporary thing. So, it is not an ultimate reality. There is no ultimate reality in this. Anybody who tells you, you know, I love you till I die. Sorry, that is not an ultimate reality. So, don't ever bother about it. Okay? You become a sage at that point of view and think, okay. I am happy that at least this person is saying. You got the point? There is no ultimate reality in those statements. So just let it be. Just like a sage in the previous verse. Let it be. To death until part and all that nonsense. Don't bother about it. It is written in the scriptures by the way. But interpreted by human beings. See? I then don't believe in them. So, it is not an ultimate reality. This is the thing which you need to understand. There is always a beginning, there is a middle and there is an end. These three things you should always remember. This whole world is exactly like this. Is there anybody in this world who can say with absolute guarantee that what he is saying is correct? No. It is an individual perspective and he is right from his point of view. Not somebody else's point of view. Got it? So, Thus, one should live in this world without attachment. So, if you really want to be a suggestious person, live in this world without any attachment to anything, anybody, any person or any... Nobody is real. Whether it's your parents, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's your animals, birds, this whole universe, nothing is real. Including the God in the temple and the church and everywhere is unreal. Did you get the point? Because it is created. Everything is created. It is going to only last for a small duration of time. And that is the reason why when I told you last week about the destruction of the temples and the churches and all those things. Should we be bothered about it? No. Thus, one should live in this world without attachment. Live in this world without attachment. You just be a witness. Just watch. 
डोंट बॉदर योर हेड अबाउट इट एंड नेवर टेक साइड्स नेवर टेक साइड्स हैव इक्वानिटी ऑफ माइंड वॉट इट श्री उद्धवा सेड माई डियर लॉर्ड इट इज नॉट पॉसिबल फॉर दिस मटीरियल एक्सिस्टेंस टू बी द एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ आइदर द सोल हु इज द सेयर और द बॉडी विच इज द सीन ऑब्जेक्ट on the one hand the spirit soul is innately endowed with perfect knowledge and on the other hand the material body is not a conscious living entity to whom then does this experience of material existence pertain valid question you see we were just now talking about it everything is unreal everything is unreal we were talking about it isn't it only these four things which we came to that is real who is talking you understand who is talking who is saying this who is experiencing it you are only talking with your own mouth isn't it i am i see as a guru i am also talking from my own mouth then if i myself am unreal how is it that i am saying unreal person is saying unreal things or real things who says that did you understand this is a dichotomy is something with nobody can and Uddhava is very good in that. He says, "Say Krishna, I have a question. See this, my dear Lord. It is not possible for this material existence to be experience of either the soul who is the seer of the body, or the body which is the seen object. Now you understand why this Nyan Yoga is so difficult. You know, Nyan Yoga is just like a small baby, huh, eating." you know those uh, when you give that thick paste you know for the baby to eat yeah. and the baby will, mm, mm, you know it is always going to do like this ha <laughs> some some kind of and you think and you know, as a mother a mother will always think you know i have put proteins carbohydrates vegetables <laughs> that everything i have made a rice concoction and giving it to the baby and the moment you put it in the baby's mouth mm, but the moment is it's exactly like a, even normal human beings you know you make some nice stuff at home okay you make the greens okay and put it in front of the children and the people around and they and the moment you say you no know, i am going to the market i am going to get some burgers and stuff like that <sighs> see till that time they don't have any they are feeling they are not feeling hungry but the moment you get burgers fries these that hunger comes back very fast you know that it is exactly like that so nyan yoga is exactly like this nyan yoga is so drab and dry <laughs> you know if i give you these lines every day to study no you will come with a stinking headache isn't it so i have to make it as interesting as i can in this so coming back to the subject it is not possible for this material existence to be experience of either the soul or the body the soul is supposed to be the seer seer means you see somebody is seeing uh again giving you a small recap of what i said if i make small bits of your body cut off your hair remove your gouge your eyes out <laughs> remove your ears pull out your tongue what can i say i can only say this is the tongue of suresh rao isn't it this is the ear of suresh rao this is the hair of suresh rao but where is suresh rao i can make bits of pieces of this body and say and i can still say you know this is the feet of suresh rao where is suresh rao you still can't find him no see this is the whole problem with our world 
the words are so funny that you still can't find the person. So there is a soul. We call it a Jeevatma. So there is a Jeevatma. Somebody is watching it. Somebody is saying, like I may cut off my own hair like this and say, this is my hair. And if I ask somebody else, this is XYZ's hair. Correct? Who is this my? And where does the my stay? Nobody knows. Nobody knows who is this I that he is talking about. Where does my stay? There is no my space, you know. no. So there is no my space. There is no I space. So where are we? So we call it an invisible fellow. You know, it's called the Jeevatma. Invisible guy. Nobody knows where he is. But you are there. See, I am there. But where are you? I don't know. And it's a part of that invisible God also. Where does he stay? I don't know. <laughs> See, the answers are so straightforward. Where is God? I don't know. Where are you? Me. I am here. Where? Where? Here. Where is? Where is? Where? <laughs> this is the funny part. Nobody knows where it stays and where you stay also. Got the point? You can only say, no, I am staying in this body. What happens after the body dies? Where are you staying now? So, this is the problem which he says, it is not possible for this material experience, for this material knowledge existence to be the experience of either the soul on one side or the body. The body is what we can see and touch and feel, isn't it? Soul we cannot see. So, did you get the point? Soul we cannot see, body we can see, touch, feel and all. So, this experience that we are talking about is whose? Who is the one who is experiencing this? On one hand, the spirit soul is innately endowed with perfect knowledge. And on the other hand, the material body is not a conscious living entity. Can the material body live without the soul? No. There are dead bodies, no. Do they have the soul in it? No. See, you can have an embalmed body also for the next 5000 years. You know all those pharaohs and all, pharaohs and fairies and all, everybody you know. <laughs> so they had an embalmed body. There was a soul in it when he was alive, not when the dead body is there. Got the point? So, there is a soul, supposedly, supposedly. We have, the reason is why? Because there is actually no soul. Okay? You remember my old hmm, lessons? We have to call it Jivatma. For the purpose of understanding. There is no individual soul. There is a supreme soul only. Correct? So coming back to our story once again. Suppose if I have to say that the spirit soul is innately endowed with perfect knowledge. Now you are saying, Krishna you are saying, the soul is endowed with perfect knowledge. Correct? That's what you said, isn't it? Uddhava is asking Krishna this question. You only said, the soul, the Jeevatma has perfect knowledge on one hand and on the other hand, the material body is not conscious living entity. On its own, it cannot live, which you said. Then, to whom does this experience of material existence pertain? So, this material existence, I can hit myself, you know, I am feeling hurt just now. I can pinch. I will still have the problem. If I pull my hair, I will have a problem, isn't it? If I put poke myself, I will have a problem. I got a cold. I am sitting here with Vicks. 
See? So who is this? Who is this one who is experiencing this? You are sitting here in my class. You are listening to whatever I am saying. Who is listening? Did you get the point? Is this body of yours listening? Or is that consciousness that is there inside of you? Which is what we said, you know. Jiva Atma. Is it listening? Who is experiencing it? Can you please tell me the answer? This is a dangerous question. Because your question is also the same. You are saying the same thing. I have been listening to this till, you know, this verse 10. I have been hearing everything is unreal. Everything is unreal. Everything is unreal. After I finish this satsang, I have to go and cook my meals. Okay. What? This uh, invisible fellow is going to come and cook my meal or what? You got the point. Nobody is going to cook your meal. You have to cook it yourself. Okay. You have your money problems. You have your difficulties. You have a fight on hand. You have to go and pacify someone. Right. You have to go and help some people. Huh? You have to solve your issues. Some people have to think about water, some people have to think about place, some people have to think about air also, pollution. See, so many problems are there. Who is the one who is experiencing all this knowledge? Can you keep it in your book, lock it up and put it away, please? It's very difficult, you know. I don't understand any of these things. Exactly like a normal human being. Now you understand why spirituality is such a drab subject for people. Because they cannot see through this. One should live in this world without attachment, Krishna is saying in the previous verse. Only when you have no attachment of any kind, that you are qualifying for the answers. Please remember this. The moment you have an attachment, then you are going to take sides, isn't it? You see, if you are a child and there is a mummy and a daddy, you have seen that movie Parent Trap? Eh? A parent trap was a beautiful film. <laughs> so exactly like that. Whose side are you going to take? You don't know. You see, sometimes you will say, my mummy is good. Sometimes you will have to say, my daddy is good. There is no, there is a big problem in life. You can't take sides also. You know, when, when a child is asked this question, whom do you like the most? Me, mummy or daddy? Now, when the child is in front of the mummy, he will say, mummy, I love you the most. When he is in front of daddy, the daddy will say, Yesterday you told your mom that you love mommy the most. That means you don't love me. No daddy, I love you the most. I have to tell her like You see a smart child is going to talk like this. And when they, both of them are asking the same question, the child has to be very diplomatic and say, I love you all. Isn't it? <laughs> both. <laughs> now this is called politics. That, that small child learns to play politics when he is very tiny. <laughs> you see, if he says, Daddy, you are not a good fellow, Daddy is not going to give him gifts and all those chocolates and stuff like that that Dad is getting, okay? And if he says, Mommy, you are not good, means what is going to happen? His food is not going to come. <laughs> you know, he has a big problem. So, he has to be politically correct. So, the child learns politics before he does anything in this world. Hmm? So, in this subject, you should live in this world without attachments. You are doing a very, very dicey subject just now. The answers I will reveal you all next week because we have come to the end of this satsang. 
So we have done till verse 10. So the question is still going to remain, who is experiencing this truth? Because you are anyway facing the truth every day, isn't it? You have your own issues and problems to solve. So then what is it the, the issue is? So we will understand this subject in the coming week when Krishna reveals us what is the true meaning of Jnana Yoga. So I will stop over here. You have a very good day.